Hey everybody, and welcome back to another half episode of Random Chatterings. I'm Marlo Rodriguez. Today we'll be talking about the 1967 Brazilian film Terra em Trance, written and directed by Glauber Rocha. For those who don't know, Glauber Rocha was one of the most important filmmakers of his time. He and a collection of filmmakers kickstarted the Cinema Novo movement in Brazil, which was meant to kind of reestablish the tradition of filmmaking in a new context, in a more political, politically aggressive context. Filmmaking in Brazil had kind of been influenced very heavily by Hollywood filmmaking, but Rocha and other filmmakers of the Cinema Novo movement tried to make it more political, more realistic trying to rather than having dramatized affairs films that were that were acknowledging the political turmoil of the of their time rocha made his films uh, under the guise of the aesthetics of hunger he actually wrote a manifesto about this which is basically saying that he wanted to ignite a passion and of an aesthetic of violence for the brazilian public meant to kind of push them into action to, to to take control of something that was to kind of taken away from them. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And his journey to kind of establishing this tone led to his the creation of his film, which was actually created during the second phase of the Cinema Novo, Novo movement, Terra em Transe, which in English, in some translations, is Land of Anguish or Entranced Earth. Now, to provide some personal context, I first came across this film um, because it was assigned uh, for my Latin American cinema class in college. And we were meant to um, use this film as context for Brazil in the 1960s. But as you can imagine, you know, films that are assigned to you for a class, you, you'll, you'll take from it what you can. But it was kind of interesting, though, because... Um, people that watched the film in class and then analyzed it and then talked about it, they kind of just took it as a film that was just kind of there and they just watched it, didn't really make much of it. They wrote, they had, we had to write papers on these films, of course, but um, no, it was just a film that they saw, it came and it went for them. I fucking hated this film the first time I saw it. I've never in my life hated a film more heavily than this one. Um, <laughs> but which, what makes it, but that's what makes it so interesting though, because I didn't hate it as much the second time I had to see it, um, because the circumstances went, uh, to just put it very, very vaguely, I had to retake this class. So, and the film was assigned again and I was bracing myself. I was bracing myself for the things that I hated about it, which I'll bring up in a little bit, but I was not looking forward to it, and I just thought, all right, I'll just take my notes. I'll relearn the history that I kind of iterated in the beginning. But, uh, fine, I'll sit through this again, whatever. And surprised myself by how much I really enjoyed the film the second time. I still paid big parts of it, and we'll get to those. But it was just kind of interesting to see how my opinion changed dramatically from the first time I saw the film.
The film is about, basically kind of tracks the beginning and end of a person in power. We have Viera, the, the politician who kind of gets voted into power. Um, we have Paolo, who, a poet who decides to get involved in politics. We have Sara, um, his love interest, who also gets involved. And we have Diaz, the antagonist, the very clear antagonist, who is this insane kind of dictator kind of person This has this very high opinion of himself, finally kind of sees himself as a bit of a god, um, who's the one who, who begins a coup d'etat to oust Vieira from power. The film actually opens with Vieira being ousted from power, but the film kind of tracks like what exactly happened that led to this event happening. And it even actually repeats the opening moment in the end of the film to kind of punctuate the whole story. Now, it's worth mentioning that um, I think it, I, I think it was kind of kind of unfair to this film at first because um, you can kind of tell sometimes when the director tries to kind of put himself, um, you, you see an analog for the for the director. Rocha, as intelligent as he was, seems to have a very pretentious air about him, and uh, you kind of get that impression with Paolo, um, our, our poet, our, our protagonist. Um, you can absolutely hear Rocha's thoughts and, and, and uh, meditations from Paolo's dialogue. He doesn't say anything of importance. I mean, he thinks he does. And the music and the direction kind of implies that you're supposed to make something of everything that he says, but ultimately Paolo does absolutely nothing for the campaign. He's just a big, he's just a talking piece. And, 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 and this is really not a fault of the film. Uh, but Paolo might have the most pretentious voice I've ever heard in the film. I don't, it makes it really difficult to take him seriously because everything he says, his voice seems to just drone and there's a sequence um, when he's running away from the guards, they shoot him, Sada is kind of um, wailing in in turmoil and Paolo is holding this machine gun or some kind of rifle, I don't really know, and climbs and is kind of staggering up this, um, this peak of sand, I guess. Uh, sorry, I don't have the quite words for that. And it's supposed to make it look like he's a martyr of this movement, but he's fucking not. He's just... He was just someone who just wanted to get involved, and he starts to see the faults of... the pretension of politics. But he doesn't do fucking anything. And, like, this is just something... a criticism I had that I kind of told one of my professors. He just... he gets he gets into three orgies, and then it's in the third orgy and he realizes, oh my god, what have I been doing with my life? It just... And it also just doesn't help it, that everything he says just doesn't... It's just, it's like, perfect that he's a poet, though, because there's no validity to anything that he actually says. It also doesn't help with the voice. The voice really kind of punctuates that whole point of, I'm trying to say important things, I'm trying to change people's minds, but I have nothing to say whatsoever. It's just, that's the type of air that this character has. And because this character is unfortunately a protagonist, it makes it really difficult to sympathize with him, and it makes it difficult to want to watch the fucking film. And that I think the the, the the negative impression I got from Paolo 
maybe it's not even the actor's fault. That might just be Rocha's just direction for him. Because Paolo, um, I think the actor who played Paolo, I think he had a very storied career in Brazil. Um, never seen the other films. But I have no way of knowing if that just was his voice. And I feel really bad uh, kind of shitting on a dead man for that reason. But God, you watch a trailer, just watch a couple seconds and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And that, that's unfair to the film because... Rocha is a fantastic director. He has a very effective way of carrying a story along. Very, very powerful imagery that happens. Um, just thinking about the opening of the film. It opens with the shot of the island with this this guttural music um, singing going on. And this is kind of like leading up to an explosion just building up anticipation and then we see Vieira being ousted and it's like with this with this um marching not marching band but like the drums of marching going on Ber terrible description i apologize but it's like the camera starts falling around and everybody's just kind of yelling and and complaining and nobody knows what's to, what to do with themselves and the film is just beautifully shot in general and Roach, Roach's kind of approach of just trying to show politics for what they really are, showing all oh, these are just people um, with no, with an air about them that don't really have any authority whatsoever, that they get easily ousted by crazy dictators. And we're going to get to Diaz. We're going to get to him. <laughs> uh, but kind of showing Vieira as like, like a, a stereotypical politician who kind of, a lot of sequences when he's talking to the people and everybody's hanging on his every word, but then there's like a murder in the village an assassination in the village and people want Vieira to take responsibility or they just want to know what what's going on and Vieira doesn't doesn't budge he doesn't really he kind of he kind of treats the villagers as far below him and yeah I just mentioned that that shot of Paolo being a martyr climbing up and yeah, I mean, that's a very heavy-handed visual image, but it is fucking powerful. <laughs> and Viera as a character is very tragic, and it kind of kind of makes me hope that kind of made me hope that the film could have followed Viera, um, the, the the very flawed politician rather than fucking Paolo the poet. Diaz is the antagonist, and he is an incredible antagonist. He relishes in being this this malevolent dictator type that causes the coup d'etat that eventually takes Vieira out of power. We see examples of him <laughs> in these ridiculous sequences where he's carrying a flag, where he's basically being deified on the beach with 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 a crowd with <laughs> with the cross. And he's in this this regalia on top of a staircase. <laughs> Uh, admittedly, these images are part of a fake documentary that um, that Paolo makes, because he's also a reporter uh, about Diaz to kind of show show him in a negative light. But it just kind of shows just how much the the actor playing Diaz just kind of relished in this part. The best example for this, and I think it was when I talked with my friend Lorenz, who's been on the podcast before um, about this film, he made the connection of, oh, Paolo is Anakin, uh, Skywalker from the prequels. And Diaz is Palpatine, uh, Emperor Palpatine, and I think that's the perfect analogy. Because he has these insane rants that he makes, especially at the end of the film, when he's when he's attending his own coronation and he's and he's putting the crown on himself, and he has this insane speeches about power, about 
dignity. It, it is truly, it is, it's, a, it's a spectacle to watch. And, 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 it, and, it, and it kind of offset any of the negative issues I may have had with the film initially. Um, maybe, like, like I said, like, I, I enjoyed the film much more given the performances of everyone else other than Paolo. And, 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 and if the film followed anyone else other than Paolo, if it balanced it, anything like that, I would have been fine with it. But like I, like I tried to mention previously, I think you could definitely see the director's perspective through Paolo making him by by trying to make Paolo the martyr kind of have this impression of all oh, the directors also are martyr because he made this film and it and I think it was since he censored in Brazil or it was it was it, it was an attempt to be censored in Brazil because it was kind of showing Brazil in the negative light which is always you know a challenge to make a film and with those kinds of messages but you can definitely tell that the director is is trying to elevate himself to a higher level which is ironic because the director antagonizes a character like Diaz who does just that but then still does it anyway with a different character who's meant to be the hero you just get the impression that okay this the director is yelling at us yelling directly at us there's I think there's even shots when they're talking directly at the cameras and you just think we get it we we, we fucking get it but I mean I mean that's only talking about the film in a contemporary context in 2017 rather than when it was made in 1967 for 67 it's an incredibly inflammatory film and it's a miracle that it was made at all and it was nominated for the palme d'or uh during that year so it's a very important film but for the rest of us who aren't brazilians who don't have the film history context it's also an incredibly annoying film because of the protagonist but um that's not to say that's not to take away of the legacy of Rocha himself as a director. That's not to take away the, the great cinematography and the great characters of uh, Vieira and Diaz. It just makes it difficult to recommend because it is a dated film in that respect. Although there are always going to be filmmakers that that that'll, that'll voice themselves through a character and will tell that. Oh, actually, you know, you know what? The news newsroom would actually be a perfect example uh, as an analogy for this film. Because, like in Newsroom, there aren't really personalities or there aren't really characters. They're just, like, they're just speaking points. They're trying to make sense of something. But they're just talking in um, in vague phrases. They're not really characters. And that's why you can't really relate to them. They're just, they're just speaking points. And I think that's what kind of sets... That's what kind of keeps this film in its, in its time period. Watch the film if you're curious. If you want to get a bit of a perspective on brazil's history but huge warning that voice oh you hear that voice and then you'll know exactly what i've been talking about just just, just a fair warning to to you all And those were my thoughts on Terra em Trance. This has been Random Chatterings. Thanks for listening, everybody.